the Recovery Revolution will be podcast on the Since Right Now Addiction Recovery Network. This is the Unruffle Podcast, Episode 44. This is a podcast about recovery through creativity. We live an intentional life. We thrive. I am Sandra Primo. And I'm Tammy Salas. And we are The Unruffled. Hey, Sandra. Good morning, Tammy. How are you in this feels like afternoon already. <laughs> it does feel like afternoon. It should feel f- uh, like afternoon for you since you texted me at 3, what was it, like 3.30 a.m. your time? <laughs> I'm trying to get into the club like, with oh you. Oh my God, woman, why oh. are you texting me at this hour for you? Because I woke up and I was like, oh, I have to ask her this question. I forgot to ask her. Because <laughs> I know I you're was having coffee. I was like. I knew I was... you were up. <laughs> <laughs> I even slept in until 5 15 so that's wow. <laughs> crazy <laughs> well I know you get up at 3 30 sometimes and I know that sometimes Aunt, Aunt Aunt at Johnston gets up at 3 30 to write so I was just like wanted to be part of the club mm-hmm. okay <laughs> and you went promptly back to bed <laughs> I did after I got all the thoughts out of my brain I'm like okay now I can go back to sleep <laughs> let's just dump this in Sandra's lap and Laura's lap this morning so <laughs> sorry about that um, but I know you understand Yes, yes, I do. Yes, you do. So um, can we talk about, like, what the heck's going on with you? Uh, sure. <laughs> I'm actually, it's funny, what's going on with me right now, I'm writing about it um, in the newsletter that I'm going to send out today. So oh, uh, I haven't pushed my newsletter in a while, but I finally put a button for it on my <laughs> website. Fancy. time. Mm-hmm. These things take, take time or it's a little form or whatever you fill in your email. So, um, yeah, if you want my newsletter, if you don't already get it, if you bought a book from me, then you'll get it, I believe now. But, uh, if you haven't, or you would like to get my newsletter, go sign up and then, then go to your site and sign up for yours. Tammy Solis Yeah. Oh, sorry. I um, what yeah. do they sign up for yours? So they know the unruffled.com. Right. Um, But yeah, you know, so crashing from a big, uh, intense project is such a real thing. Um, I always, always handled that with alcohol. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) always. And I remember really distinctly the first time I had probably like a big wedding to edit or something like that. I was actually scared of finishing because I was pretty newly sober and it was like, oh my God, when I finish this, what am I going to do? What am I going to do with myself? Because I I only knew one way to uh, experience the letdown of accomplishment, which sounds so weird, but it is, right? A little bit. Yeah. When you're, when it's done, I I feel relief. Celebration, there's Mm -hmm. relief, there's a celebration, but then there's like a letdown from accomplishment. It's like, Oh, I finished that. Okay. And uh, now what, even though yeah. there's a list for now, what that's like a, a mile <laughs> long, you still right. have to start the next thing. Right. And so I kind of like that period though. Do you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I kind of like that space 
and that kind of, yeah, it is a, re- a huge relief, like a big sigh. It, yeah. It, but it also feels fertile because then, you know, other ideas are popping up, right? And I'm, but I'm not sure. ready to do them yet. I'm sure you already have a million things on your list. Of see, my ideas pop up while I'm doing the hard thing, and it's like, ah. no, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> go away, go away, go away. I'm Wait only going to do this one thing, you know, as I'm feverishly writing them down. But yeah, I don't know. I just experience a big. I just remember being very frightened of that finishing that first intense thing. And, you know, I can't even tell you what I did though. I probably went for a run. I probably ate a good meal. I probably ate a ton of chocolate and, um, you know, and then I just kind of had to sit with it and be uncomfortable while I sorted the next thing out, you know, or whatever life went back to normal. Um, I will say though, I do like intensity like that. I, I do like it, I guess. I guess well, it's I like, like a it. rush, right? It is a rush. And I mean, I, you know, bartended for years. I worked in restaurants, just working weddings themselves in any capacity. is just intense. It's, you know, I, I guess I, I feed off that adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently I like it. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. And I it's don't not sustainable though. You can't no. do that. 365 days a year for sure so yeah that is a um yeah it's like short-lived you can just you can just it's just a short-lived feeling I I when I was texting with you um was it Friday yeah because Friday's when you finished and it was like (laughs) you were putting that baby out on Friday no matter what your book yeah just in case people are listening (laughs) that don't know what we're talking about Sandra published her ebook on Friday it's 370 yeah. pages. This is a beautiful tome to a daily reflection and a creative prompt. And just, I, I, I can't even believe all the work that you put into that, Sandra. It's beautiful. Thank it's beautiful. you. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. Because even having put it out, I still kind of doubt it. Like, is it is it really as cool as I think it is? But it I'm, I'm going to keep going with yes, it is. It um, is. <laughs> I hope, I, I want to share... Um, it, it, I think you'll be okay with it. Um, from the, oh, yeah. t- the text that we were going back and forth on Friday that made me laugh really hard. <laughs> I was like, when are you, remember. when are you officially giving birth? You know? And you're like, maybe an hour or so. And you had like, I only have to do 13 PDFs and format the last five pages. And I was like, this would take me four days to do. <laughs> and you said, this fucker is launching today. <laughs> <laughs> right in time for happy hour. <laughs> right in time for happy hour. And I was like, I love her. Yes. And it did right inside for a happy hour. It was like right before five o'clock my time anyway. (laughs) It was time to celebrate. Did you just feel like this weight, this beautiful kind of get lifted? Did did you just like, ah. I did. Oh, I did. I mean, going to bed that night, I thought I don't have to wake up in sort of a semi panic in the morning <laughs> at 30. I don't have to do that. Right. I can just, you know, wake up in my normal, my normal panic. <laughs> I mean, I, I love mornings. I mean, we've talked about this a lot. If you have, if you get my um, ebook. I talk about mornings a lot. So I apologize if that's annoying to people that aren't morning people, but I love mornings and that has only come about in sobriety. Um, 
And, you know, actually come to think of it, I, I think I've always kind of liked mornings. I mean, I've not been as early of a riser as I am now. Um, probably before sobriety, even when I had kids, I reluctantly, you know, got up early to do all the stuff, but, um, I've always, I've always been pretty optimistic, even in the mid, even in the miserable times, I was pretty optimistic. I would wake up and go, okay, today's a new day to whatever, not break a promise to myself. Today's a day to not drink. Of course that, you know, would all change come three o'clock, but, but I do love mornings and I get excited about getting out of bed and getting, even if I'm just going to read or journal or something, I just love to get up in the morning and get right to it. I know you're the same way. Yeah. Yeah. It feels, um, I do feel like I'm making up for lost time. Yeah. I do feel, yeah, I feel that every single day, even today. Now I woke up early, but I fell back asleep. We recorded the pod. Um, I have many things that I do like to do in the morning. And when I'm not getting them done in the morning, I'm finding my day feels wonky a little bit. And um, again, those are all things that I just do for myself, self-care. And some days you can't hit all those. Uh, But I do feel like if I start off my morning right, the rest of the day flows. Mm -hmm. And so when it doesn't start off right, I'm always like, oh, gosh, what does this mean? (laughs) Mm, I'm a little more on alert, but I can still be just aware of that, too, going, it doesn't have to spin out just because no. you can do all the things, you know, let's try to reel it back in and, and reconstruct like what can, what can get done. But I, I don't know, just being sober now and, and having that um, experience of those productive mornings, whether it doesn't mean necessarily output of things, but productive in the way that I can take care of myself. I gave myself tea, I took my supplements, I took my son to school, I'm a productive, I'm moving forward, it feels good. You're making choices too. Like even if your mornings don't look consistently the same, you are making a conscious choice, you know, instead of just reacting to whatever, a headache, a hangover, feeling vomity, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that word productive, when I use it, sometimes I don't mean like an output of something quantifiable, a thing. I just mean that it's, it's, it's productive for me to be in my head and to think these things and take the next right step and, um, yeah, when when I and when I'm, I, I have to, it's not that often that I don't get that though. You know, I even if I only hit one or two things, it's still better than how it used to be. And oh yeah, I used to really struggle in the mornings, and I used to be a total bitch in the mornings. And oh, such a bitch. The mood that I would like, the, the pall over the house, right? It was just like, ugh. It was just here, right? Here comes mom, just angry, yeah. angry at life because the sun came up. <laughs> Right. The sun came up. God damn it. And now I love it. You know, I get up. That's my whole thing. I want to see the sun come up. You know, yeah. I want to see that super blue blood, blood moon. moon. <laughs> um, and I got up, you know, it was super foggy and socked in. And I was so disappointed that I didn't get to see it when I woke up. We didn't get to see it either. Yeah. It was too cloudy here in Austin. Yeah. But the fact that I woke up and wanted to see that and that I even toyed around with getting up even earlier and setting my alarm, you know, when it was still pitch black out, like I, I didn't do the four o'clock wake up, but I just, I never would have done that before. That wouldn't yeah. even a possibility. I wouldn't even have entertained the idea. 
Right. But um, but I tried. I saw the eclipse through the fog. There was a little bit of the eclipse I saw, but I didn't see the, the bloody part, I guess. Yeah. I'll, I'll see it in another 150 years, I hear, when all those things happen again. <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I think I'm old now. <laughs> oh, well, okay. We have an awesome guest today. We do have an awesome guest, so and excited. a lot of our listeners are going to know our guest. Da, 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 da. Yeah. yeah. We um, asked Laura McCowan to be on our show, and she was so nice. As soon as I asked, I mean, she immediately responded with a big yes. And um, I'm just so, so grateful that I found Laura. And uh, yeah, a lot of our listeners will know who she is, but we'll tell you a little bit more for those of you who don't know her. Um, she is a mom, a writer, a light seeker, a recovery warrior, and um, yeah, a teacher, mm-hmm. uh, a writer. Did you probably already said that? Mm-hmm. A podcaster. Yes. Yeah, she has a couple podcasts. She's the co-host of Home alongside Holly Whitaker from Hip Sobriety, and she just started a new um, podcast with uh, Meadow Devore, and it's called Spiritual. Ish, which I think is a great name. It is a great name. Yeah. Yeah. She's a yoga teacher since ni- uh, since 2001, and she's uh, been teaching. I'm sorry. She's practiced yoga since 2001. She's been a yoga teacher since 2009. And um, it looks like she combined her love of um, the practice with recovery work, music obsession, and a lifetime of self-seeking. And she's developed workshops and retreats to teach all over the United States. And um, you can find a ton of information about her, what she's doing, her work, her writing, um, her work. What programs she's offering and, right, what her schedule looks like upcoming. Because yeah. she does some traveling workshops as well. She does. And so you can find all that on lauramccowan.com. She's on Instagram. That's where I met her. And we chat about that briefly in the pod. Um, do you remember how you met Laura? I didn't ask you that when we were talking with her. You know, I was trying to think about it. And honestly, I think I just, I found, I, I did not know Laura or Holly until they had started the podcast. And I probably picked up the podcast when they were maybe just a few in. I think somebody mentioned the podcast in one of my other sober groups. And um, that's how I heard about it because I'm pretty sure I, I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't get to know the sober um, IG community like a lot of you girls did. I, wasn't on Instagram that much and I didn't know about hashtags and I didn't understand any of that. And so I think that probably because I can't really remember, but I think probably somebody mentioned the podcast in, um, one of my secret Facebook groups. So, yeah. So cool. How, what we talk about with Laura is this beautiful kind of coming together of people and tribe. And that's, that's, it's so important when you're getting sober to try to find your people. Yeah. Whether that's in the rooms of AA or in a secret Facebook group online or on Instagram or, you know, just anyway, smart recovery meetings or refuge recovery. Well, and every day it seems like it's just getting a little bit easier, right? I mean, even from just, you know, three and a half years ago or when I first got sober, I, it's so much easier now to find other people that are, that will reflect your story. 
That's true. That's true. Yeah, and, and we go into that a little bit. But the, the show, I think I just I think the theme of the show is about just evolution. Yeah. And um I think that Laura really articulated that very well. And you can just hear it from where she started and where she's at right now and how open she is and open for change and she likes change, which um you know, not all of us are comfortable with change. I know I'm not. I have a harder time. Um but she inspired me just hearing about how she how she approaches life. Yeah. Great, great teacher. And that's what she's been for me, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. We'll get to it here. But um, like Sandra said, if you want to sign up for our newsletters, that would be awesome. I'm doing mine every Sunday. Sandra, you're putting yours out. Is it around on Thursday? It was every, yeah, it's supposed to be every Thursday. I think okay. now that the book is done, well, the holidays are over and the book is done, then I'm getting back on schedule. So yeah, Thursdays are my day, my newsletter days. Oh, good. And um, when this airs, I do have to say this, and I'll say it really quickly. This is going to air on Monday, February 5th, but my three-year sober birthday is on Saturday. <gasps> oh. I know, I know. <laughs> I'm super excited, but I'm not feeling um, like I did in year two. I'm not feeling like I did in year one. Surprise. It's a little, yeah, I think it, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm going to write about that on my blog and I'll share that in my newsletter too. So it feels, uh, it just feels like the way I am now. Yeah, exactly. It's just um, integrated. Yeah, it's integrated. So I just want to say happy birthday to me. Happy birthday to you. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoy Laura as much as we did. Yeah. Enjoy, Laura. Good morning, Laura. Brought my shades down. It's a great first first noise of the show. Good morning, everyone. Well, Sandra's cat might make an appearance. Is your cat... cat my kid is making breakfast, which is just about a yeah a foot away from me. So, <laughs> is it like a good breakfast? Is it like bacon uh, sizzling? Or... He has eggs and toast. He's a very mm-hmm. consistent guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, good morning. Yeah, who knows with all the sounds? It's so funny. Um, when we were scheduling and doing everything this morning, it's like some things just have to be on the fly as a mom, right? Like we have to kind of these mornings I know our, our morning was a little crazy this morning so thanks for yeah, being flexible improv has to happen I mean I've had a sick kid for three days and that throws you know everything off but it's also like I just I this morning I was like I'm just so grateful that I don't have to get to a job somewhere because right. that was such that was so uh, awful like to make that choice Right. No. What do you do with your sick child? And You're yeah, I'm again, and like wishing that she wasn't sick. So I didn't have to like miss work. Oh, it's just such a, a crappy situation. Yeah. That's How old is Alma now? Eight. Eight. So third grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how yeah, does she she'll like be nine this month? So Aww. she's almost nine. Oh, she's just, um, I think Chloe and your daughter and Alma are about six months apart in age. Oh, wow. I didn't realize you had a younger one. Mm-hmm. She's nine. Like, I knew you had two. You have two or three? I have two. Okay. But I didn't know. So I have know. a 14-year-old and I have a nine-year-old. Uh-huh. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, she's a hoot. I, I love her so much. <laughs> I know. It's really fun. Like, this, <laughs> this age is really fun. 
Sandra's really is. Sandra's daughter used to um, send me messages when Sandra and I first started talking and texting a lot. Um, Chloe would get on the iPad and it had Sandra's email address attached to it. But I'd get these texts and I was like, this doesn't seem like Sandra. Because it was all emojis. <laughs> all gifts. I'm like, huh. I Okay. And then I'd reply. And then after a while, I'd be like, is, is this Sandra? And she's like, no, it's Chloe. And I'm like, oh, you are so, so stinking cute. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's really fun. It's like a, I mean, it's, it's, it's just a very, it's a very big difference between seven and eight. Yeah, totally. I, I don't know about your daughter, but Chloe is really into pop music now. And mm-hmm. like, I can't even go to the grocery store without her wanting to go with me because she just wants to listen to the radio. And finally I was like, you know, you need a radio. You just need a radio in your room because I mean, that's what I did as a kid. I either played outside or I locked myself in my room and listened to top 40. So I got her a radio and her world is just completely changed. (laughs) Got her like a real radio. That's funny. I don't even think Alma knows that the radio I know. she didn't it's like a dial it's like a it's a it's from radio shack it's a real old radio and it, <laughs> it has a dial and she's like i don't even know what to do that's like, like newfangled until something happens <laughs> until you hear something you like oh. anyway well we're into pop music here we uh it's kind of cool because it's brought me back to i mean i pop music it has a special it does a special thing to your brain yeah <laughs> and there's a reason why it's popular you know right the the like we love taylor swift in this house oh yeah Same. Mm-hmm. has been playing constantly and i embarrass her because i you know i love music so i drop her off at school with it turned away up <laughs> she's like god like she wants to do that right until i get there and um it's funny. It's just, it's, I wouldn't, you know, I probably wouldn't even pay attention to that stuff if I didn't have her, but I'm so glad that I do because there's some of it that's really good. There's a lot of it that's crap too, but. My son's listening to Dirty Rap, so I'm not real happy with that. Really? <laughs> what is Dirty Rap these days? I don't, it, he plays it sometimes like, mom, you might like this song. And then it's just like the F word a lot. And then talking like about. No, I don't even know who these people are, Laura. That's how old I am. I'm like, I don't even know. And they're just talking about women. It's like misogynistic. I and I'm like, know. no, 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 no. That is, yeah. So, sure. and I don't I, even know what to tell them not to listen to because I don't even know who it is. So I'm like, what are you listening? Oh, good Lord. I'm curious. You gotta take a. You gotta take a peek. I'm wondering if dirty rap is the same dirty rap that like, I, you know, we well. Yeah. I listened to it or people I knew, you know, there's a, there's a phase or if there's new dirty rap people. <laughs> I just, I just put it all under one category. Cause yes, I know we had dirty rap back in the day and I kind of like to dance to that, but it feels different. I don't know. Something feels very jarring about it. And again, maybe it's just because of my um, perspective now that it's not. Yeah. Know, I'm not I, totally. But when I, but yeah, music, um, whenever he plays something and then I like it, then he immediately hates it. Because right. I like it. Of course, right. I think he played Portugal the Man for me, and I love that song, Feel It. I think it's called Feel It still. Yeah. And yeah. I started playing it in the studio, and I loved it. And then I was like, I'm like, oh, well, why don't we turn that on while we're making dinner? He's like, I hate that song. Now you play it too much. 
I'm like, oh, I see. I can't say I like anything. Oh, I get what we're doing. Okay, yeah. You have an official teenager. Officially. I'm sort of cool. Right. Enjoy it, Laura. Just just bask in that glow. I am. I don't feel like I'm missing it. Like, or whatever. No. Taking it for granted. I'm like, this is so short lived. Yeah. Yes, exactly. And we get to hurry up and get there. And we get to enjoy it in a different way is what Sandra and I talk about a lot. Like we get to be really present now and um, mm-hmm. really get to, you know, see all the little nuances and the little things they're doing or what they're saying and paying attention that I didn't pay attention to before. Oh, God. Right. Completely. <laughs> Completely. It's the probably one of the very best things about being sober. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little bit like a do over, but not, you know what I mean? Like it's just um like a refresh button or something. And even well, though it's almost, yeah, it's like you can actually see them for the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I'll look at her and just go, I like, Oh, it's so it's, it is, um, it's surprising. Like I know, you know, I looked at you, I've looked at you every day of your life, but now I just can see you hmm. You're not, and I'm not looking to the next moment, you know, like I love right. you, but get out of the way. Cause I have things to do. Yeah. Go to sleep right. so I can make a drink. Yeah, <laughs> I, that's what I did. I was like, well, right, yeah. my face in my wine glass. <laughs> you can easily see your the parallel path for sure since mm-hmm. it was, yeah, not mm. for too very long ago. Well, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. We know we know that we have um, some of the same listeners that listen to your home podcast that you do with Holly Whitaker. Mm-hmm. Um, but we were wondering if you could just if we have new listeners that maybe haven't heard your story that you could maybe let people know how you know you came to sobriety or you sure. know yeah if you could share that. Sorry, there's a it, there's always something going on in the background. <laughs> That's no okay. matter where I live, and I'm sure you can hear it. They're like tearing down the building. Uh, mm. This is kind of crazy, though. The building across from me got, uh, I can watch the guy actually swinging the hammer right now, but they, the restaurant got, we had a blizzard about a month ago now, or three weeks ago, and it completely washed up the floor of this restaurant. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Like it blast, it was, it brought the tide up so high that the floor came out of the bottom. Oh, well, wow. I can't, I can't hear anything. So you're, Mm-mm. you're okay, fine. <laughs> Sweet. All right. So it's just annoying to me. <laughs> um, so my story, let's see. I, uh, I've been sober since September of 2014. So a little over three years now. And I drank, I started drinking when I was pretty young, about 16 or so. And I would say, wasn't always super problematic, but it was always kind of, I knew it was always a little different the way that I drank, um, and suspected that it was different. And then what really, there were kind of two places where it got pretty bad. One was after I had Alma, uh, and and it just sort of changed. I, 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 uh, it stopped kind of working in the same way that it had before. And my anxiety was way worse. Um, and, and of course, you know, you can't do the same things that you used to do after you had to have a kid, you don't sleep in, you don't like it. I I had to be more on. And at the same time, my drinking really didn't slow down. It kind of sped up. And then I, uh, it upticked again when, after I got separated from my husband 
um, because I always say like no one was watching me anymore and it just real like if you're looking at my drinking on a bar graph or on a a line graph the line really upticks after 2009 when I had my daughter and then 2012 when he moved out and 2013 I hit the if there is a bottom to my story, that's it. Uh, but it, it, and it was just a, a really bad incident involving my daughter, but that's not when I stopped drinking. I, uh, I started to try to get sober then, uh, meaning I started going to AA meetings. I started to explore it or, uh, it was really the first time I had ever tried to stop. Like I hear people talk a lot about trying to stop. Uh, I never tried. I never even stopped trying to get really drunk. <laughs> like I didn't try to regulate my drinking at all. The only way I tried to regulate my drinking was with drugs. And um, so it was kind of, it, it was like I ran into a, a wall uh, in July of 2013 and I had to slowly start to like try to walk in the other direction. It was a very reluctant uh, step in the other direction and and it, after about a year, little over a year, uh, in September 2014, that's when I had my last kind of day one. But um, yeah, I, I mean, I that year or so was kind of a purgatory year. Like I was trying to be sober, but not really. I, I still wanted to like, I still, I wasn't ready to let it go, but I, you know, I knew I was supposed to or... So I knew I would eventually have to, um, but I kept thinking that I would want to more like tomorrow or it would be, <laughs> right. or it would be easier like tomorrow um, or that I would or that there was another option. Like there was just a huge amount of cognitive di- cognitive dissonance where it's just like I just couldn't. you know, I don't know. I had to go through that period of time. Um, but it was awful. The worst, the absolute worst. And then I, I finally got sober. I mean, my last, my last drinking episode wasn't all that, uh, big or exciting. It was just a, a very exhausted kind of like slump over a finish line and I didn't even know it was a finish line it was just I had reached a point of of uh being too tired and yeah I've been sober ever since and I mean that that is definitely the quick and dirty version it's like uh a lot of things happened in there right I I wrote wrote a piece called the tipping point which kind of talks about all the little things that contributed to that you know the final like end of it um and there are literally thousands of things, I'm sure, for all of us, you know, that we can look back and say it was this and that and this and that and this and that. Um, but I think for me, it was finally realizing that it had to come from the, from the inside. Like I kept trying to do all of these things to try to force it to happen, like to, to trick myself into sobriety. I thought it should be easier or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it and it had to really come from saying like well two things had to come from saying uh I'm just not gonna fucking drink anymore like period like that had to be an option that was just off the table and then I had to to really surrender it um in the to to something else because I couldn't figure it 
out by myself. Just period. Yeah. <laughs> I just right. could. So, yeah. And, you know, since then, it's haven't drank. It's been a, uh, it's always weird when you tell these stories because it sounds like it's this linear thing. And we right. All know it's right. Not. Right. Well, that's like, what... and then, and then I never drink again. <laughs> right. Well, you just, I, I... yeah, go ahead. Sandra. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Oh, I was just going to say for me, I, you know, I just tried so hard to keep it in my life. Like I tried everything, like surely I can make this work. I can keep this in my life until, you know, then I finally one day realized actually, oh, oh I can't, <laughs> oh, I can't keep it in my life. <laughs> no. And, yeah yeah that third door search like oh okay. there's got to be another way like yeah. it can't have to just can't have to be that I have to get sober forever <laughs> I mean it was a little different for me because like I had people there was no one in my life that was uh or at least the people that were really paying attention to me um they were not drinking with me anymore like I had many di- like I had the sober story, like Laura's getting sober and I had the, you know, I kept it. I had a very compartmentalized existence. So I think that's important for people to hear because I think some people go into it and like no one believes that they have a problem. Like no one else can see it right. or feel it for that, you know, but that was not the case for me. I had a lot of people that were like, yeah, this can't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Same, you know, same for me. Yeah. And the last like couple of consequences that I suffered that really turned the lights on for other people around me as well. It's like, oh, oh, actually, you can't do this anymore. Can you? Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. think, I think what you said, Laura, that struck me um, and that I that really resonated with me when, when you just said it. I was so, when 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 people talk about like oh I'm gonna pick you know January one is gonna be my day I quit drinking or I'm gonna pick this day or when people want to pick a date I don't know I mean maybe that works for some but for me it was just I was so exhausted of being me oh like, god right you're just so exhausted that like it isn't this monumental thing I didn't know I was gonna quit drinking the day I quit drinking no but I was just no, I was so fact, depleted. Promising myself that I wasn't going to. That was the only thing like I really did differently on that day. I was just like, "Fuck it, I don't. I'm yeah. not going to tell myself that one more time because I can't stand to hear myself be so full of shit." Yeah. Again, you know. Yeah. Right. No, the broken promises it. to yourself. Yeah. Ugh. I get it. Um, well, I was going to ask you because I know there's lots of in betweens and stops and starts, like you said, um, but. You did an episode on home where you and Holly talked about you. Um, so I know you went to AA, and I know that you're not going to AA anymore. And after I listened to that episode, I had like I wrote down all these questions. <laughs> I couldn't find that piece of paper where it was because as I was oh, listening no. to the episode, I was like, "Well, what about this?" And I need to ask her about this. And why isn't Holly asking her this? <laughs> so yeah, I like had a little side interview. Yeah. <laughs> I had, like a side interview going on. But I know what happens when you start recording. It's just this organic thing that just starts happening. So yeah. I was just curious. So you, you did go to AA. That was part of your story. And I was wondering about the steps and if you found them useful or where maybe you stopped in the steps because I was just dying to know that or, or where you might have hit a wall with a sponsor or I know that's a lot, yeah. but maybe you've succinctly told me like just a little bit more because I was just curious. Totally. Yeah. Um, so, okay. I've had, I had a, I've had a couple sponsors. Um, I started to do the steps. I want to say three times mm-hmm. and with my most 
recent sponsor, I got to step eight. Hmm. And that took that was like a year long process, which I think is part of it's not it's not her fault, like zero her fault. It was completely my resistance. But I think I don't think the steps should ever, 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 ever be drawn out that long. Um, and I yeah, I hit a wall. I So this is, you know, what happened for me was like I I. Uh, and sorry, I have to like think about this, like figure it out while I'm talking, because it's always hard to. It's this is like the question, like why did you leave your marriage? Like, <laughs> what do you have? Oh, I don't want it to still... be as heavy as that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I was just curious. Heavy. Yeah, no, it's not that it's heavy. It's just complicated. Yeah, yeah. Because there's it lots is complicated. of complicated things that go right. into it. Like I don't have anything. Uh, what I have learned because the the twist in all of this is I have since started to do the steps again. Hmm. Oh really? And, yeah. And uh, what I what I felt and what I what I felt all along and what I still feel is this. I this the steps themselves are very are, are the program of AA, but I think the program gets confused with, with the fellowship. People, yeah. The fellowship. And it's yeah. not. That's not what the that's not what the program is. But like exactly. any like any organized religion or any uh yeah, we'll just go with organized religion, it gets it's only it's at the hands of humans, right? Sure. And and it can get twisted and diluted and confused and contorted into uh, whatever the people are. And I think the message, the 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 core message of the steps is the same as any ancient spiritual wisdom, right? It it really is. But um, the fellowship that I when I was going to meetings in the beginning it was in Boston and there was a lot more variety for one. There's a lot more, you know, you have, I had a lot of people that looked more like me or behaved like me or had lives like me. There was just a larger population of people. And so it was easier to like see myself or identify because there's just more variety of people. Whereas where I live now it's really kind of one flavor and that flavor just felt started to feel really depressing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you both maybe can know, like you can go into, you, there are meetings that you can walk into and it's like, there's not a lot of recovery in there. Right. There's a lot of rehashing, mm-hmm. repeating, uh, yeah. Uh, male dominated, you know, there's a lot, there can even be, it's, it's like a little pat on the head to the, to the women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I went um, to the, your meeting. I went to your meeting with you when I, when I stayed with yeah, you. you did. Yeah, I get thing, it. I'm, and I, and this is the trick, the tricky part of saying all of this, that meeting also gave me a place to go for two years on a Saturday night. Yeah. And so I don't, I don't mean to like turn around and like, you know, give the middle finger to thing that really, truly helped me. It's not like that. It's just, I would You've sit grown. there and go, do I feel better or worse when I do this? And mm-hmm. I felt kept consistently feeling worse and heavier. And so, and, and I also had, uh, 
I also just, it's all personal growth too, to like, we all have our, our, our track. I didn't like this message that if I didn't do this stuff, I was going to be fucked. Like I was going to drink again. And I started to really not believe that. And I needed to like build up my own center Mm. of, uh, my own core, you know, that was independent of the beliefs of what this, what the fellowship had taught me, borrowing from it in some cases, but not, I wasn't, I couldn't, I, I didn't feel like it was, I could worship just at the altar of that alone anymore. Mm-hmm. And I never really had, you know, I've always had a lot of different teachings come in. So it was more of just like a, oh, this is, this relationship feels like, exhausting and confining to me right now mm-hmm. so I stopped going and then I felt better but what's happened over time is not that I you know started it, it's like again it's evolving and I have started to uh with sobriety like I don't know what it is about the three-year mark I keep hearing people say that they had this like you know, next level kind of bottom (laughs) at the the three year mark. Oh, great. Mine's on Saturday. Thanks, Laura, for the warning. (laughs) Get ready. Big fucking pothole. Okay. It's more just like it has to, you, it has to always keep changing. It has to always keep growing just like a relationship. Yeah. It's either you stagnate or you grow, right? Yeah. And stagnation. That's how it is in nature. That's how it is for everything. Right. And that's, I guess, maybe the core thing is like I felt like I wasn't growing mm-hmm. I felt like I was stagnating and that stagnation and also I have this life that's really full of recovery yeah, you know like sure. I my work is reco- is heavily focused on recovery I'm connected to a lot of people in recovery and so it's not like this that recovery is this thing over on the side that I visit a little bit here and there it's like it's very central to my life too um so, but I got into a place of a lot of pain in the last, I mean, it's been a story. It's it's all my like man relationship stuff and it had been accumulating for, I mean, really my whole life, but um, it really hit, like I, I stopped being able to, it's very similar to drinking. <laughs> mm. I stopped like being able to figure it out with all my knowledge and all my, you know, understanding of psychology. Like I could sit there. It's just like drinking was, I could sit there and go, yeah, I know that I know what the, I know I have all the intelligence, but I still can't change it or I still can't fix it. And I, I would have, I, I, I would have taken you know, you get desperate enough and you're like, I'll try anything. Um, and about, I would say a month ago, I was like, I, I need to, I need to start new stuff because I'm really at a stuck point. And one of the, the things that surfaced was, um, someone who had been exactly where I had been and was like, Hey, this is, this is where I was exactly. And this is what happened for me. And if you, you know, let's talk. And I, and I said, yes. And so I'm doing that, but I'm Mm. also going to therapy again and I'm doing EMDR and I'm, you know, like just throwing the book at it again. And, uh, and it's, so it's weird, you know, I suspect that I will. and, And once I have revisited the steps as the core foundation of what AA is, it's like, oh yeah, I never stopped believing in all this stuff. You know, right. it was really mm-hmm. the the muck of the fellowship and how it 
oh my god, my sponsor is walking by my house. That is so funny. <laughs> oh, universe. <laughs> um, that's really funny. I love so it. yeah, I I just I did to answer your question, Tammy. Yes, yeah, I did. Get, I did stop at step eight. Yeah. Um. No, I, and... I think I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. No, when when I heard you talking, I think the thing I wanted to like pipe into your podcast, I was like, I just need like a through line right here to talk to Holly and Laura because I felt like um, I understood what you were saying about the fellowship, and I understood about um, the things that you were sharing of your frustrations. Um, mm-hmm. It was hard. I think if I'm being really honest, it was hard for me to listen to Holly interview you without her having worked the steps or yeah. um, having been in the rooms for a length of time. So I felt like a, a disconnect as a listener. And I was like, oh, but I would I would ask her that or, you know, that's not the program. That's just people. But something that Sandra and I talk to, sometimes I'll call her after meetings when I've had a tough time at a meeting. Yeah. And I use one of Holly's mantras in the meetings and um, in life, but everyone is my teacher. And so when I leave yeah. that meeting and I'm frustrated with someone who's sharing about their you know, laundry list of things they're doing that day and not staying focused on recovery, and it drives me crazy, that person is teaching me. Um, to meditate totally and, yeah <laughs> and yes, to, yes, yes. yeah I so also, yeah. like it's it, this stuff should it, we need to be allowed to take breaks from certain things yeah but, I you agree. know like that's one of those things that I just can't like you if something is not working for you stop beating yourself over the head with it mm-hmm. try Walk something away. else yeah try something else revisit I think the 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 <clears throat> The notions of the or there's a there's a heavy cloud of fear in AA about what happens when you leave the program Take or break. walk away from yeah. the fellowship, mm-hmm. and it's like I think that's really unhealthy. I really, really do, um, and that's not what the steps are about either. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's a that's a construct of the fellowship. You know? Exactly, exactly. I was told in the beginning it was a program for living. And, um, sometimes living your life may not include meetings every day. Yeah. Maybe it does, but it's hard to, but the, like at the beginning, I needed to like, but in the big, be- yeah, it's also like a, I mean, at the, it's CBT, like you are learning, you're trying to reprogram your brain and the discipline right. of going to a meeting and putting yourself in a different spot and around different people is critical so I get that also, you know, mm-hmm. oh, but sure. to say you are at, what, what really scares me is to, to see people that are 15, 10, 15, 20 years into recovery and they're still, you can tell they're really still sick Yeah. or they haven't grown. I think we're afraid to say that it sounds like judgy or something, but I, I think that's really important. Like, cause you can look around. I mean, that's what happened to me. I looked around. I was like, I don't want this. Right. I don't want that. I don't want to be talking about that or doing that when I'm 20 years sober. Mm-hmm. That is not recovery to me. <laughs> there, that is scary. There's a man um, in my meeting that, that, that I call, um, you know, I have a little nickname for him, but I won't say it. Um, and he's lovely. And every time he shares, I just hang on his every word. But he reminded people one day, he said, we're not here because we're well. 
And when he yeah. said that, I like wrote that down in my book. And that has to remind me that when the person is sharing that annoys me or someone's breathing too heavy next to me or whatever the deal is, you know, <laughs> yeah. we're not here because we're well. It gives me a little bit of compassion. But I like what I'm so glad you elaborated on this, Laura, too, because I think that is part of the program, knowing when you need to take a break from something, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Knowing when to be kind to yourself, knowing when you need to go explore other options and knowing that you can come back to something if you feel like it did work or that it would work. Um, I think that's the whole thing. And that's what I wanted. I had, I just, I felt like that interview, I wanted to just like be part of it. (laughs) I bet. And I know a lot of people felt, I mean, I know a lot of people felt that way. Emails about it, but I also feedback. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? That's okay. Like, sure. One of the things that I will always say is like, uh, or allowed to change. And I mm. know that the things I'm saying today, I might yeah. totally say something else a year from now. And that's okay. Well, and you know what I, what else I find interesting as well is the, the more we're sober, the longer we're sober, the better we get to know ourselves. We get to know ourselves well enough to know, hey, I'm not necessarily a group person. Or um, I will never be part of, of a popular of the popular crowd, you know, because mm-hmm. AA is the microcosm of of society at large, and so you know, there's popular people in meetings. I find, at least in my, you know, in my area, and or you find out that you get you figure out that you get bored easily with monotony or monotonous situations. And so, you know, just like all those little things, like just learning, getting to know myself better, getting to know what I liked and what resonated with me and what doesn't was a huge thing for me. Yeah. Um, Well, it, otherwise you're just, if you, you can take the message of AA to mean you cannot rely you cannot trust yourself and you cannot rely on your own you know your own intuition like you don't your your mind is a dangerous place to be right and i think that has to be balanced with the fact that you can trust yourself you can trust yourself exactly (laughs) um it's both it's not either or it's both uh but we have to we have to build up integrity and um and we have to build up trust with ourselves. And when we are first sober, we don't have it, no. you know? Yeah. Oh, so. well, thank you, Laura. I know that I didn't, I'm glad we talked about that because that just feels um, like I get to know you more. And I know you share so much of yourself. Um, you know, every week you share so much of yourself with everybody, which has been so great. How many episodes are you guys on? 120 something? hundred. Yeah. Ish. Around there. 120-ish. <laughs> Yeah, we've been doing it for almost three years. Wow. Every week. It's crazy. Wow. I, I know. Crazy. I've listened to everyone. I know. I, I love wow. it. Wow. I love I it. I haven't yep. even listened to everyone. Really? I, mean, I was there for it. <laughs> yeah. I haven't that... listened to most of them, actually. I don't know if you guys listen to your episodes, but that's it's pretty weird. Yeah, it is. Steve makes me listen on Sunday nights before they go up on Monday so I can catch something, but I often forget to catch the things. <laughs> so, oh, well, where do you want to go from here, Sandra? What do you want to dive into? I know we have a list of things we wanted well, to chat with Laura you about. Know, I want to talk about, um, so I, I know that you have recently been taking some things off of your plate and I'm not necessarily talking about the home podcast, but you, there was a Facebook group that you and Holly started, um, 
when did you start that? Like right at the beginning of the podcast? We started it. And so we started the podcast. uh, We started the podcast in July 2015. And and the Facebook group was born in October. So kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I know that uh, that you sent a message to all the members of the group that um, you were going to. How do you do that? Like just delete the group just (laughs) well this is what happened okay since the very beginning the very very beginning I mean you start these things and you don't really know what they're going to be right Mm -hmm. we started a group because people would listen to this show and they'd be like oh my god I need like all we kept getting our emails of people saying they need they need more people right right they need their people and they want a way to connect and so we created a Facebook group and it started and we kept it real small I mean we 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 didn't keep people out but we kept we kept it small intentionally we just let it grow the way it was going to grow so it started with a small group and it grew and we kind of every time it grew to like another hundred people we started to say oh we got to we got to um cap it keep this small because we took it really seriously like for one people in this population like it's it's serious shit, you know, mm-hmm. that we're like talking about people's lives often. And, um, and we didn't just want to have this group out there that we weren't watching really, um, closely. Mm-hmm. And we took it really seriously in that way. It wasn't just the thing that we floated out there and then like, let it, let it go. It very much reflected us. And that it grew and grew and grew. And we had over time we've had ideas you know we'll create like regional groups or we'll create um we will do retreats we've had all kinds of ideas as one does or as we do when we are growing a thing and in the meantime holly you know has her she's grown hip sobriety her company and i've grown my work and we got to a place where we were we were like okay we're either gonna do this thing we're going to continue to do this and have this be an extension of us or we are going to let it go because we can't take care of it the way that we want to and we've been having that discussion i would say for like six months or more and it got to a point where it was like we we're gonna we're gonna let it go because we even though it's i mean and people some people understood this and a lot of people didn't Because it's like, what's the big deal? Manage a group, uh, you know, just transfer ownership. And it's like, it's still an extension of us, you know, it's still an extension of me. And Mm -hmm. it's um, something you nurtured and you took, yeah, like you said, you took very seriously. And it's not just a group. I mean, I don't mean, it's hard to say this without sounding like self-important. It's not about that or that we've got, someone posted a thing and said like, Laura and Holly got too busy, Mm -hmm. um, that this was distracting. And it's like, no, that was never it. It was that. When you have to manufacture energy around something, mm-hmm. I think it's it loses it starts losing its value. Right. Um, and we and I didn't want to have a thing out there that didn't that I wasn't paying attention to. Like that was I. It didn't feel good, and mm-hmm. and it is because there are other things that that I'm doing. I, I want to be able to reach more people. I want to, I want to write my books. I want to do those things, but that's not like, I always say your growth is not an abandonment of others. It's not like, fuck you guys. It was more like, no, 
we have to, we have to keep growing. It's the same thing we're talking about with AA. You have to keep right. growing. Mm-hmm. And, um, and this was just a part of the growth. It was like, and, and it's, it was really difficult. Like I knew, I knew we'd have a reaction to that. Um, but what happened was when we said, Hey, we're going to shut this down in a couple, you know, we said like in a month or three weeks or something, a new group sprouted up right away mm-hmm, and right. new people took it over that have a lot more energy for it than, than we do, or have a different kind of energy than we, than we had for it. And that's how it should work, you know? Right. Well, just in the time that the new group has formed, you know, people that haven't spoken up in the group in forever are yeah. commenting. It's like it, it, there was some new life breathed into it. Totally. And, yeah. and that, and that, that is, um, it's hard. It's hard. Anything, anytime there are people that really like change and I'm one of them. <laughs> there are people that really don't like change, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, um, I think Holly and I are both people that like we make decisions and move kind of quickly and that can pe- appear to be like harsh or whatever. But it's also the reason that the thing started to begin with. We created sure. the show just because we were like, fuck it, let's talk about this stuff, you know, and and then we had the group and now it's time for the group to go. And it's, you know, things have to keep they have to keep changing. And I think if anything, and it's also like, I had to let go of this idea that we're going to make everybody happy. Like everyone's <laughs> going to understand this. Yeah. I felt uh, like it was a gift. Like I felt, um, obviously I started, um, silently stalking Sandra, I believe, um, when I heard her on the Sense Right Now podcast, but then when she was in the home group, I'm like, oh, that's the gal okay. that has my story. We have a similar story. I, I'm going to, and I liked how I could, you could just tell about a person too, how they were yeah. kind of engaging in the group and the dialogue. And I have to say, I haven't engaged in much as home um, because it got bigger and I didn't know who the people were, even though I didn't know who they were in the beginning, it did feel different. And um, I did feel disconnected and I haven't introduced yeah. myself in the new group yet. Cause I'm like, I, I'm one of those people who have a hard time with change. So I'm like, I'm just gonna wait for a bit. <laughs> um, totally. But I appreciate yeah, that it was born and that you guys created that because so many beautiful relationships in my life have come oh my from God, that hunger. Right? So yeah. many of us have met so yeah. many amazing people, like myself included. Yeah. Amazing people because of that, because of the show and because of the group. And like, yeah. that's not me and Holly. That was just, we just gave the platform and it, and it happened. I mean, well, you couldn't have written that story if you, if you were forced to, you know, you just, you just started it with no intentions or, or attachments to the outcome. And then totally. it just, yeah. Or yeah, it, it's, it's, and I, I, I mean, I, it's, it's funny. Cause I also think people don't realize the, what it takes to do something like that. Yeah. I didn't. Right. You know, you're oh, like, yeah. Oh, just start a group. No big deal. And I'm like, it's like, mm, okay, start the group then. <laughs> right. Start right. the podcast. You do the podcast every week for three weeks. And it's a total labor of love, but it's not, it's a lot of work. It's yeah. a lot of work. And yeah. the, my thing right now is like, I teach people, I have a program called the bigger yes. And part of that is like, you have to say no to a ton of shit, even shit that things you that you do. love. Yeah. Things that you totally. love, things that aren't even broken. You have to say no to. Uh, yes. And it's, it's, it's not the hard, it's not the easy stuff that trips you up. You know, it's no. easy to be like, Fuck that. no, I'm not doing that anymore. That sucked. But the things that you really like, those are painful, mm-hmm. but they're yeah. real choices. Yeah. Cause the reality is I was on that. I, even when I wasn't commenting, I'm looking at that. 
Facebook group every day for sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It takes energy. It takes energy to do that. Well, I think that the thing that you did there that you and Holly did so well was like creating this tribe, right? And that these people felt um, part of something. And Mm -hmm. what I thought about when I was thinking about chatting with you this morning is that when we met, um, you know, I know social media can get a bad rap, but we met through social media. And I, I was on a friend's, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you before, I think I have, but I was on Instagram and I saw this woman holding up a sign that said, hashtag, I choose clean. And I was like, what is she saying? (laughs) This was before I stopped drinking. Right. (laughs) And then I clicked on that hashtag and you were there and Holly was there and other women. And that seemed like the most outrageous thing I'd ever seen. And I wanted in, right? Like, I'm like, I want to start telling the truth. But it was before, I believe it was before I stopped drinking, because um, you're about six months before me, I think, when you quit. Mm -hmm. Um, And it just seemed um, scary and exciting and brave. And that's where I kind of fell down the rabbit hole of you and Holly. Clean thing. Yeah. That was, that like, was the like, beginning, right? Like that's... That was the predecessor to home. Yeah. yeah. We were like, that was, like, this, this five-minute, five it lived for, like, five seconds on the internet. <laughs> well, I found <laughs> it at just... Do it. I choose clean, and we both took pictures, and then other people did it, and mm-hmm. then and then it died. And then that was it. That, but it yeah. actually brought together, like, this core group that mm-hmm. started. It's so wild. That funny. Through a hashtag. <laughs> Which I didn't even know what hashtags <laughs> really were or what they did <laughs> or anything. <laughs> So I was no. like, but so I wanted to tell you that because you just never know how you're going to affect people, right? You just never know that tiny thing, especially in recovery, like when you say something to, in, to a person in a room or you never know what's going to stick for somebody. And maybe that harkening back to the repetition in the rooms, you never know what newcomer is going to be like, oh, that's so brilliant what that person said, but we've heard it a hundred times, right? You just yeah. never know what's going to stick. But that, that was my way in, Laura. And I don't think I would be sitting here right now talking to you and Sandra if I hadn't really clicked on that and and read your blog and connected with you um on social media so i have things like that too yeah you know like we all we all have like our our ways in Mm -hmm. (laughs) that started it and then but i think the the part that we keep like circling back to while we're talking is that you have to keep I look like you guys aren't going to, I hope none of us are sit, are talking about the same things in five years, no, not right. because it, it's not important, but because we've taught other people how to talk about those things and we've like passed it on and we're, we, and we have, we continue to grow. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's part of it is that it's like, I took what I learned from people and I gave it my own, my own life or I gave it my own flavor and, I'll continue to do that. And you're doing that with this show and, and it goes on like the beat goes on. Yeah. I think that's the coolest part about it. I know you and Holly were so generous with us when we were, so we'd talked about this for about nine months and then finally pulled the trigger, but it was always like, Oh, well, Holly and Laura have one. Well, I'm going to run that past them just to make sure. And you were so know, gracious you were so nice for asking. And so <laughs> like, you don't have to ask, do it. No, I know. But it was just like, you know, you're a little nervous before you try something new too. And it was so foreign. Um, but just, to, oh, yeah. I, I thought that. Yeah, I remember being like, I can't have a blog. Like, Glennon has a blog. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, you can do whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> exactly. 
Exactly. Um, okay, so I wanted to ask a little bit about um, a little bit. Let's see. I don't know where I want to jump here. Well, let's start. Let's ask you. Let's Go ahead. Talk about your new stuff. What's, yeah. What are, what's new happening in your world right now? Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, I launched a new podcast. <laughs> yes. Who doesn't need another one? <laughs> so, I've been working with Meadow for a, a few years. And again, she came, I met her because of home. Yeah. She came onto home as a guest and we became friends pretty quickly after that. And then we've, we've been working together now for a year and a half or two years, like solidly working together, doing retreats and stuff. And we've just become really good friends and we decided we wanted to, to do a show. And that started last week. Um, it's called Spiritual-ish. Um, and that's exciting and fun. And it's very different, like, from from home in that... I mean, it's different and the same. It's all... It, it, I guess it's... I'm, I'm the common denominator there, so I'm going to be talking about some of the same stuff because uh, it's very focused on our lives. But it's more... Well, I mean, Meadow's been working in self-development for 12 years, and... I mean, this shit is funny after a while. It's like, <laughs> it's like, wow. Right. You really, really laugh about it. You have to laugh about it. And that's what we found. We were like, we just kept finding these conversations so ridiculously funny. Right. And like, the, there was such, um, there's such a palliative effect to laughing about it. Mm -hmm. like, it takes the sting away of how, how painful it is. Right. Uh, so we just wanted to bring kind of that flavor into it because it's ridiculous. Um, well, you guys giggle like we giggle. So I was, when I was listening to you last week, I'm like, okay, yeah, I got this. They're, <laughs> yeah, I'm right know. on the same page. <laughs> yeah, I know you guys giggle so much. It's great. <laughs> because it doesn't have uh, to be so doomsday or dark. You know what I mean? Like, oh. um, it can be, it's, it's funny too. <laughs> it's really funny. Well, you did the artwork for the podcast, right? For the um, yeah. the design. I love it so much. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's the best compliment coming from you. So awesome. As soon as I saw it, I was like, yep, that I, it says a lot, too, without saying a lot, right? Yeah. Simple, clean, even the title I loved and just even your description of the podcast, sometimes spiritual, sometimes not, right? <laughs> so I loved all yeah. of it. I have fun with design. It's like, you never know. I, I always think of you because I like when I'm creating stuff because... I always think like I I can't I'm like not good at that and then I create stuff I'm you like are. I don't know if I'm good at it but I really like doing it yeah so really and that's good. the important part I guess both of you you know yeah. have definitely taught me that so I'm doing that um is it gonna I, be once a week yeah once yeah a week cool. on Thursdays so we just put a new episode up last night cool uh, and it's, it's fun. It's been fun. It's been like a fresh, a breath of fresh air to, to have a new show as much yes. as I love home too. It's like, Oh, this is a new thing. You realize how much you've learned and yeah. you can like carry all that forward. Did, yeah. um, I'm just a kind of a dorky question just since uh, me, probably only me yeah. and Sandra are interested in this and people who do podcasts, but so do you do the engineering of it or do you do it? Um, no. do you have someone do it for you? We have someone do it for us. Oh, Sandra, we need Same that. person is home. Yeah, and I would not have it any other way. I, I mean, we learned, Holly and I learned that the hard way, and we we had to do it ourselves. Like, I'm a fan of do every, you have to do all the pieces of your work yourself first. So you understand. Right, so you get what it. What it takes. The mechanics, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. and there's something, like, really 
cool and important about that. And then you can start to outsource the things that you're not great at mm-hmm. um, or that take up time or whatever. But I, I think the best work, regardless of what type of work it is, is comes from people who've done all the things themselves. <laughs> and then they've started to, you know, they've grown it in that way. Yeah. Um, right. Well, my husband so, helps us. I should say that my husband does all that technical stuff for us. So, what am I saying? I already, I'm already outsourcing. <laughs> but you, I mean, that's still like you. But we're working on it together on Sunday it's your night. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Like you're still very attached to it. Right. Um, so yeah, we have someone helping us um, do that, and I knew that we wanted to do that right right away. Yeah. I know what it takes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Holly spent hours of hours of her life editing I never I never had to do that once yeah mm-hmm. but you guys divide and conquer a little bit like me and Sandra do right like you do totally. the artwork and you yeah so yeah. you guys divide up the duties yeah, yeah, yeah um are you still running the bigger yes right now is that still going or is that yeah ending? it is okay so that's the other thing that I it's funny too because that start that was just an idea mm-hmm. that I had when I was in a yoga class like not teaching but taking the yoga class and I'd been teaching I'd been teaching a lot of workshops uh, up until that point and I was ready to start teaching a new one and it was like what is this what do I want it to be and the bigger yes just came like that I uh, that phrase came to me it's from a Stephen Covey quote I didn't make it up and I was like oh that's it that's the next one and so it started out as like a workshop like a three-hour yoga type workshop and then I as I was teaching that workshop I realized this is <laughs> this is a thing that I could spend a lot of time on with people you know it's very hard to teach in a short in three hours. Um, so I created a, a course, like an, a, like a little longer program. It's now six weeks. This is, a, I'm in the middle of the second one or I'm towards the end of the second one that I've run. It's my, it's just the best. I mean, from my perspective, it's the, it's my favorite thing to talk about. And, um, well, that I, might, that might bring us to, to your, the chapter you did for the when to jump the new book with yeah. Lewis. Good segue. Right? <laughs> I didn't even plan it, Laura. <laughs> I just saw that and interrupted wow, you. Sorry. <laughs> I want to hear about that. I want to hear about how that happened. How I mean, I know you left your job and you jumped, but I want to know how you connected with Mike Lewis. So the kind of like the creative process, the pitch behind it, or how you how you said, yeah. "Hey, I want to be part of this." Well, this is one of those stories that's just like all the things we're talking about, like how things just sort of evolve uh, when you step into the possibility land. Yeah. <laughs> that's my technical term. <laughs> uh, so let's see. I, I listen to Rob Bell's podcast. Love it. It's one of the only shows that I listen to and have listened to for years now. And the day that I quit my job, uh, my job in marketing, advertising, uh, like career that I've had, that I had had for, you know, 15 years or so, uh, I listened to this episode called Mike Lewis is the 151st best squash player in the world. I remember that episode. <laughs> I don't know if I got the number right. But yeah. Something like mm-hmm. that. Right. And I list. I was list. I will never forget. I had like my green coat on. I was walking out of the building at State Street downtown Boston. Put the iPhone, like iPod, 
or the the earphones in my ears and was listening to it and I he this guy Mike Lewis was working he had worked at Bain Capital had this big time job very young age um, was making all the money and he just had this uh, longing to do he he wanted to f- do something else specifically he wanted to go back to playing squash <laughs> and to play it competitively it's like this thing that he had a, that he really loved all throughout uh, growing up and even in college and so he started to do that on the side and then that eventually evolved and I'm way shortcutting the story right read it all in his book but he eventually over the course of a couple years uh started to work towards uh playing squash like touring the world to play uh competitively and professionally on the u.s team and he ended up leaving his job at bain and bain is in boston and the story that he was telling was basically like my story. It was like, you know, I I started pursuing this thing and I uh, it made no sense to most people. And I took a big risk and I jumped. And then he, uh, the outgrowth of that was a community called When to Jump. And now it's a book called When to Jump. And um, what happened was when he was touring around, um, it doing playing squash he's like squatted on people's couches and stuff and he would interview them about their lives and he ended up interviewing a lot of people that that had taken jumps in their lives professional jumps and so he started to collect like all these stories and this sort of data and uh i when i listened to this i was just like oh my god i have to call i have to I have to contact this guy immediately. And I, the podcast, I had listened to only like through half of it. And I had already sent him an email like, Hey, I just quit my job today. I just listened to your, your episode on Robcast and I'm in Boston. And this is like, this is my deal. And he got right back to me. I think we were, we talked the next day and he, uh, he was interviewing me without knowing that I didn't know he was interviewing me. (laughs) And I started, you know, I told him about like getting sober and then starting writing and how it led to all this stuff and the podcast and the blog and getting published and pieces like online. And he's like, Oh my God, I, well, I want you to know I'm like writing a book and can I use your story in it? And I said, yes, of course. Mm -hmm. So two years later, the book is born. And um, I'm one of the, like, 40 stories in it, which is pretty amazing. That is so cool. And did you get to write your chapter, your story, or did he? I want to be very clear on that, because it's not great. Like, it's not my writing. (laughs) I think if you know my writing, you can tell that it's not my writing, and it just doesn't sound like me, I don't think. But it's my story. He he transcribed all the interviews. He transcribed the interviews. Got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. And you got to appear with him, right, and do something in Boston recently? Mm-hmm. How was that? It was so cool. So we, this is a few weeks ago. He had a book launch party in Boston at Harpoon Brewery. Um, and I got to speak on the panel with the founder of Harpoon, who also started Harpoon in a similar jumping fashion. He was like in, in, um, what is, he was like a, in finance of some kind. And he made a hard turn, uh, and decided to start Harpoon. It's now a huge company. And 
so I spoke with him and um, and Mike hmm. at the brewery, and there was like 200 people there. It was pretty oh wow, crazy. yeah. So it was cool, and um, Mike's pretty impressive dude. He's a young, he's <laughs> so young, he's such a baby, <laughs> and uh, and he started this thing, and it's you know it's it's great. It's like he tried to sort of codify a process for making a jump. Oh. Um, yeah, and I don't know about that part, but he t- the stories in the book range from you know it's not just it's. It, it, the backgrounds of the people range so widely, mm-hmm. um, and it also includes some stories of not of not people that just jump professionally, which is cool because those aren't the only kind of jumps we can do, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's that's the win to jump thing, and um, and that was great. It was wild, you guys, to go yeah. to Harpoon because that's a place where I only you know I hadn't been there in like five or six years, maybe more. Did you pack your own LaCroix in your purse or what did you do? Yeah, you... I mean, it was like, <laughs> and I warned them. I, I said, like, I, you know, I might say dumb thing, like, the drinking is dumb. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> it was actually really, really great. Oh, um, good. Yeah. Oh, good. That's so cool. Um, so I know we're getting towards the end, but I do want to ask you because, um, what we talk about here is on creativity. And I think your whole life, Laura, you've just created this whole life. So that is. That is the creativity part. Like when you stop drinking, your whole yeah. world opened up and you've just created this beautiful life. But um, I know you now get to wear like yoga pants to work, right? In your kitchen. Is that like I, how you mentioned? I have <laughs> no pants on right now. <laughs> oh, I didn't know we were doing that today. I have no bra on. I have, I have a blanket wrapped around my <laughs> legs. Have Isn't that on. awesome? That's how today started, and I just haven't <laughs> fixed that yet. <laughs> yes, I can wear yoga pants or whatever pants I Or no I pants. Know. Okay, good. That's good. <laughs> but that's just, I mean, we, you get to create it now. You don't have to go on the train. You don't have to go on to Boston. You don't have to have the liquor cart come by your door as a sober person, right? I remember when you used to talk about that. What was it called? Yeah, the the booze cart or what yeah no, no, i don't know like but yeah no i don't have to do that anymore. you don't have to look at that it's the office anymore you get to be home and if your daughter's sick you get to be home with your daughter and you just keep creating this which i think is that's just this beautiful gift we get when we have this kind of clarity when we kind of remove booze i know for me that's the case i know sandra sandra's on fire lately she's just a machine she's been well, busy busy you can only be a machine for so long Right. <laughs> I, I wanted to ask you, though, actually, about that, about being a machine. <clears throat> Book writing is so freaking hard. And I mean, I know that yeah. you probably I don't have to tell you this. Yeah. But, you know, it's not just mentally challenging, but even it's even physically challenging just yes. to sit in front of the computer for hours on end. I mean, yeah. it's so hard to do that to keep yourself, I mean, it just takes a, an amazing amount of willpower to keep mm-hmm. the distractions at bay and just to make yourself sit there and write. Yeah, it's a very slippery thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I how, do you do how, I do, how do you do I, it? Not very well. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing to offer there except mm-hmm. for that I am in a period right now where I am, you know, t- you talked about being like a production machine. Is that what we called it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, have given myself a production break. Yeah. I, like I'm not writing my book today. 
or the past two weeks. I'm just not. You have to take and it. It's I can't. So, it's so well, you reach an end. You reach like you are not. We are not meant to be production. <laughs> production, you know, facilities. It's not sustainable. I, yeah, it's, it's not totally sustainable day in and day out. Yeah. It's yeah. Not. So, I'm I'm definitely doing less, and it makes me very anxious. But it's also like <clears throat> I reached a point where. Like, I would be anxious about it. For, I would say for the past six months, I'd be anxious about it, but i try to do it anyway, mm-hmm. and it wasn't working. It's counterproductive then. It's so yeah. counterproductive, and it causes just more angst and anguish, and I've just had to say, like, this this thing has its own timeline, and yeah. I know I will return, uh, and I'm doing a lot less. Like, I, I had this moment a couple weeks ago where I realized I'm, I'm missing it. Like, I'm missing the point. Mm. right now mm-hmm. I'm missing my life <laughs> I, yeah. I have these amazing things going on but I take very little time to actually enjoy them and right. no like no more of that mm-hmm. and it sounds like a very like hyperbolic thing to say like we hear that all the time like slow down and yeah mm-hmm. but I've really <clears throat> I really felt it yeah. But then on the other side of it, those people that say, just sit down and write one page a day. And then after a year, you will have a 365 page book. That's complete bullshit as well. Well, it is it for me. Way yeah. more effort than that. Way more effort than that. Because yeah, it's your it's not linear like that you're not just like here plug this brick in and then plug this brick in and right I mean I mean you may have 365 pages of writing but you certainly won't have a book well there are a lot of books that are that out there but they're not I don't want to read those books right (laughs) they're not yeah right you know it's true like I read this Seth Godin this is probably a good place to end or whatever Uh, we don't have to end but I'm I know that we all have places to be um Seth Godin uh, wrote this blog. I don't know if you guys get his blog posts, but um, he, I get them every day. He writes one every day, which mm-hmm. is astounding. Yeah. Um, or he sends one every day. I'm sure he doesn't right. write one every day. And they're always these, they're short, but they're always right. these great little nuggets of wisdom. And the most recent one kind of um, made my brain explode. And it said, hold on. I'm finding it, digging through my Seth Godin. Okay. He said, it's called the corner of the sphere. And he said, what sort of novel do you want to write? What does your restaurant offer? What about the new record you're recording? It's tempting indeed for you to seek to be high quality, low price, durable, with excellent service, less filling, better taste, poetic phrasing, conveniently located, powerful characters, and organic all at once. But that's not how humans process what you have to offer. Consider some classic best-selling novels or memoirs. Snow Crash matters because of the ideas within. Harry Potter worked because the plot kept kids riveted. The language in Patti Smith's Just Kids is perfect, and the characters in To Kill a Mockingbird are unforgettable. Of course, of course each book has the other elements in some measure, um, but it's the one thing that sticks with us. Uh, Zappos might have good prices, but it's the service we talk about. Tom's might have fashionable shoes, but it's the pay it forward that resonates. And your iPhone may have good download speed, but it's the design and fashion that we pay for. All a way of helping you think about the many disconnected points on the edge of the sphere in your industry. And it goes with a little image. Pick one to exceed expectations and while making sure everything else is good enough. 
And the mm. sphere is either, there's four points. And it looks like a compass. And it's, the top is poetic. The right is ideas. Bottom is character. And left is plot. And it, for me, that was just like, right. Mm-hmm. I don't want, like, I can't do all those things. And I, I'm not that great at all those things. I'm good at, like, one of those things. And for me to sit down and try to write the write a page every day, I would produce a certain kind of book. That's not the book I want to write. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you. Does that make sense? Yeah. No. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense because I think it's, um, you know, because I, I recently just finished an ebook and it's just a daily reflections book. It, yeah. Every it's 365 page or 370 pages, but not every page is full of words. <laughs> Get still, out. Yeah. It takes. That's a, huge. It's, know, it's a book. A crazy <laughs> amount book. of effort, you know, just yeah. to sit down and make it a fully formed thing. Yes. And um, it's it, no joke. Yeah, yeah. So I think that those sort kind of ideas that oh, you just put a little bit of energy towards it every day is a little bit misleading. I don't know. I just wanted to shatter. Well, that I think you also. <laughs> I think you also do that. You do, but but that's I don't know. That's not it. Right. That's not the end of the story. I get bored if I do that too. Like it just starts losing its magic too. If you just are doing it kind of like systematically and and even though I like systems and lists and things, I, I, that, that would bore me. And then I would, I would bore myself. And if you're doing that with your own project, (laughs) yeah, you got to stop. Oh, well, I know we're getting near the end here. So I just, thank you so much, Laura. I really appreciate when I texted you and you like responded back like two seconds later, I'm like, Oh, I love her. I love her. I love you too. Thank you. Um, we are going to do, um, we are going to just ask you really quickly about three items in your unruffled toolbox that you either use for sobriety yeah, you or. You sprung that on me this morning. Oh, it wasn't, it wasn't in the thing I emailed you? <laughs> I'm sure it was. Oh, <laughs> I got to put that at the top of that email. I don't directions very well. You know, cats can be one of them. Yes. It's it can totally be very simple. Cool. Yeah. Just but, come around your room. My but just cat. something that you Before love. I or... Talk about my cat. <laughs> <laughs> Cats not wearing pants and ice cream. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So let's just go with that. Cats yeah. is my new favorite sobriety t- tool. I'm not even kidding. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I'm she's with like, you. I never thought, I never thought, and and yet, I have a cat and I'm obsessed. What's uh, her name? What's her name? Piper. Piper. Hmm. You can use her as the picture for your episode. <laughs> all right. I so appreciate that. Okay. Sandra's all of, Chandra does our artwork. She'll be all over that. Um, cat art. Go ahead. Sleep. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of sleeping lately. A lot of sleeping. Lots of sleeping. Um, and I got to say cre- like creativity, like just as a whole. I think it's so important to create Hmm. it's more like the the being in the energy of creating something new Hmm. does something very different in your brain and it is allowed all of that stuff that was in me like buzzing around kind of frenetically to have a place to go yeah i agree oh thank you laura 
Thank you. Um, everybody can find your work on your website, right? Anything you want to, it's lauramcowan.com. No, yeah. lauramcowan.com and everything's there on the podcast and my, all of it. Is it both podcasts on there now? Or are you? Yes. Okay, good. So everybody can find you there. Girl podcast. All right. Well, have a beautiful, beautiful day. Thank you, my dears. Okay. Bye. 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 The Unruffled Podcast was created and produced by Sandra Primo and Tammy Salas. Our show is edited and mixed by Steve Hecht. Original music composed and performed by NMMD. Original artwork created by Tammy with the help of graphic designer Chris Aguirre. Thanks for listening.